Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hello. I am here today with only the second solo recording of the Hairstylist Rising podcast, and I am really excited about today's topic. I wanted to go over branding. I think it is something that as hairstylists, we've started to hear a lot, but maybe we don't necessarily know what it means or how we can utilize it to set ourselves apart and become a really valuable source for our clients. I want to start this episode off by quoting a book that I absolutely love. It is called The Brand Gap, and I will link to that information in the show notes. But in this book, the author says, a charismatic brand can be defined as any product, service, or company for which people believe there's no substitute. That is the really important thing that I want you to take out of this, that there is no substitute. Not surprisingly, charismatic brands often claim the dominant position in their categories with market shares of 50% or 
higher. They also tend to command the highest price premiums, up to 40% more than generic products or services. Now, this is an absolutely groundbreaking statistic that I want you to listen to because I think in the hair industry, we have all heard on several occasions that 80% of stylists are making only 20% of the money and 20% of stylists are making 80% of the money. Now, here is why branding is important. It is easier than ever to become a highly skilled, highly talented hairstylist. The access to education is absolutely unprecedented. When I first started doing hair, which was 15 years ago, we were heavily reliant on the salons that we worked at and the availability where we lived unless we wanted to travel to get education, which of course was a huge barrier for a lot of us, especially for starting out. It's not always the most lucrative job in your first year. You're assisting, you are trying to learn, soak up as much information as you can, you're shampooing, sweeping floors, all of the things that I think are really a really great way to learn. But I, I do feel that we were definitely a lot more reliant on our circumstances and our our salons that we worked at back in those days. Whereas now you can come out of hair school and you can learn the skills that you need to be extremely successful technique wise and really talented on Instagram. Basically with enough grit, determination and education, you can master the art quicker than ever before. I truly believe that. Now, the one thing that I think is setting apart those stylists who are in that top 20, even top 10% is the fact that they know that the hair business is a business. Now, in hair school, they're not teaching us how to market ourselves effectively. At least they're not teaching up-to-date techniques, which leaves a lot of opportunity for those who take initiative to learn the marketing and branding side of things to really set themselves apart. Now, today I'm going to not only go over three branding mistakes and misconceptions, but I'm also going to talk about the three ways to start really thinking about and then building your own personal brand. All right, grab a notebook and let's get started. So misconception number one, your brand is just a logo. This is completely false. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia definition of personal branding because I actually think that they get it really right on this one. So personal branding is the conscious and intentional effort to create and influence public perception of an individual by positioning them as an authority in their industry elevating their credibility and differentiating themselves from the competition to ultimately advance their career, increase their circle of influence, and have a larger impact. The process of personal branding involves finding your uniqueness, building a reputation on the things you want to be known for, and then allowing yourself to be known for them. Ultimately, the goal is to create something that conveys a message and that can be monetized. Now, I'm going to take this back and tell you how this can apply to 
being a hairstylist and how we can leverage this information to create a really solid business behind the chair. We all know that there is more options than ever for amazing hair. It's everywhere. Specifically on Instagram, when we first started marketing on Instagram as hairstylists, it was enough to just take a photo and post a caption describing the hair and people were, it was so new to be able to see people's work prior to booking an appointment with them that it, it was enough for clients at that stage. Now, Instagram is so saturated by our industry, which I think is beautiful, but it means that there's availability to clients for more and more amazing hair. So they have the opportunity to get a stunning balayage for more than one person. So how do we set ourselves apart? I know that we think, okay, I'll do a better scalp massage, I'll give a better consultation, I'll include deep conditioning treatments, I'll add all this value. And while these are really great things to do, it's also not reinventing the wheel. So what people are craving more than ever now is human connection. Clients are going to book with you because of you. You are the secret sauce to your marketing. All right. So the second branding misconception is that branding is optional. We think that, you know what? I don't really want to bother with this. This is not, it's not really my thing. I don't want to get into it, but here's the thing. If you don't intentionally create your brand, then it's going to be created for you. And you may not like what it says. I think that this is a really powerful opportunity to take control of the way that you are perceived and think about the message that you want to be sending out when you're attracting new clients. Now, I know that maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even have Instagram. I don't even have any online marketing. How am I going to create a brand? If that's the case, then honestly, this episode probably isn't for you unless you want to start there. I just think with the day and age that we're in, it is a missed opportunity to not be taking advantage of social media and online marketing. And at the end of the day, even if you pay to educate yourself to do it, even if you're running paid ads, it is still going to be the most cost-effective and most effective period way to build your business today. The truth is that it's no longer enough to be a really great hairstylist. It's no longer enough to be really talented. It's no longer enough to provide the best guest experience if nobody knows about it. There is no point in being the best kept secret because it's going to be really difficult for you to build a successful, thriving, and sustainable business without a marketing strategy. And I know that's probably not what you want to hear, but I owe it to you to tell you the truth. Moving on to our third branding misconception that building a successful brand means mass appeal. This is really far from the truth. We're living in an age of specialists. I'm sure you're noticing this because when a client wants a great balayage or hand-tied extensions or a bob or gray coverage, think of some of the most successful, most branded hairstylists. They all specialize in something. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not providing 
any other services. One of the I'm thinking of a, a stylist right now who is really well known for her balayage applications. And she posted not too long ago saying, hey, I also love doing root touch-ups. I love great coverage. I love my great coverage clients. Just because you start marketing to a particular service doesn't mean you're gonna lose all of your other clients. That's just not the way that it works. But what it does do is it removes that risk of diluting your message. Now, having a niche is important because if you try to cater to everyone, your overall marketing and your message won't speak to anyone. So your niche doesn't have to be a particular service. It could also be linked to who your ideal client is. So having a targeted niche market and an ideal client to speak to is really important because that's the only way that they're going to relate. I talk about authentically marketing yourself on Instagram a lot. And what I mean by that is allowing your audience to see parts of you that they would be able to connect with. If you're not sharing anything about yourself and you're not allowing those clients to get to know you, then they're not going to have anything that they're able to really connect with. And they're not going to be able to get to know you in the way that you need in order to start forming those meaningful connections. When we talk about marketing, this is often referred to as the know, like, and trust factor. It is especially important when you are first building your personal brand. Once you have established trust with your audience and once you have established yourself as a strong personal brand, you can start veering more and, you know, talking more about the other services that you offer. But the best and quickest way to build authority is by really niching down and speaking to that one particular client. Okay, so now that we've cleared up some misconceptions and covered some don'ts, I want to talk about some do's. So building a strong and captivating brand is a process and it's going to include things like your mission, your aesthetic, and your ideal client definitions. So what we want to accomplish is creating something that's really going to represent the core of your business and you. So hairstylists and other creative professionals are unique in the sense that our brands are a lot more closely tied to who we are as people than a lot of other industries. I choose to view this as a gift and a real strength because the more real and authentic you are, the easier it is to be consistent. And being consistent is the best way to build trust with your audience and your clients. Now, here's the thing that you probably don't want to hear, but I think that you really need to hear it. Without a strong brand, most of your marketing attempts are going to fall flat. As a hairstylist or salon owner, building a brand for yourself and your business is absolutely crucial. So just think about this. What do you want to be known for? We're going to break this down into three umbrella categories, your values, your voice, and your visuals. So let's start with your values. This is what is going to give you purpose and direction in your business and in your marketing strategy. It's going to help guide your decisions and give you clarity. Which brands align with you? 
Which collaborations are a good fit? Which type of clients do you want to market to and have in your chair? I love this quote from Roy E. Disney. When your values are clear to you, making decisions becomes easier. I think that bears repeating. When your values are clear to you, making decisions becomes easier. Now, when I'm coaching, defining your personal brand values statement and ideal client fall under this category. And I always recommend that this is where you start because this is the foundation that your personal brand and marketing strategy is built on. Now, if you have wandered off, I want you to grab that pen and paper again, and we're going to write out our personal brand statement. I'm going to give you a super simple fill in the blank um, sentence that is going to make this super simple for you. So I blank for blank. Now, you don't have to publish this anywhere. You don't even have to show anybody, but this is going to help you get really clear on what it is that you do and who it is that you do it for. I'm going to give an example from one of my coaching clients. Shout out to Kelsey at Nocturnal Hair on Instagram. Now, her personal statement is, I create high maintenance hair for low maintenance people. I absolutely love this because not only is it catchy and interesting, and this one is right on her Instagram page, but it really defines who she is and what she does. She is a vivid specialist and her ideal client is super chill and loves that whole idea of having this high maintenance hair, but being this chill, cool, kind of hippy dippy person, which I think is so, so great. Um, so that is an example it could be, I create low-maintenance blonde for busy entrepreneurs. There's all sorts of ways this could go. And again, you do not have to publish this anywhere. Kelsey did because it's super cute and it's worked really, really well having her um, personal brand statement on her page. But this is just an exercise for now. So I blank for blank. Now, I want you to pause this episode or just fill it in in your brain. If you're driving or if you're in the back room, then that's totally fine. Pull out the notes app if you're sitting or come back to me later and fill this out. Now, we're going to move on to your brand voice. Simply put, your brand voice is the way that you talk to your audience and your style of communication. And I want to be very, very clear here. This is not about creating something inauthentic or artificial. It is about being consistent. It is about being easily recognizable and positioning yourself as the expert or the go-to source for your audience and for your clients. Creating something valuable and real that builds that know, like, and trust factor. Your voice will be so important and it shows up in a lot of places, more than you would think. So think about when you're writing your captions for your Instagram, your website copy or your blog posts, 
your email newsletters, and even when you go live or create videos. This is also going to extend to your consultation style, your style of communication when your client is in your chair. So by being really authentic and keeping it real and true to you, your client is going to feel a very, very consistent experience from finding you on Instagram to looking at your website to coming into the salon and meeting you for the first time. So you're already you're already going to have that rapport and trust established before they even sit in your chair. Now think about how that will change those first new client appointments. It's going to get rid of that jitters, that, you know, that unknown because you're already going to have that connection with them. I want you to take a look at the way you communicate and write down three words that describe your voice and communication style. So these can be words like educational, funny, lighthearted, sarcastic, any of the things that really describe how you interact with your clients. And I want you to keep these in the back of your mind when you're creating content. The really, really beautiful thing about having this done is that it's going to keep you really, really consistent and it's going to help you quickly build authority and loyalty. That is the stuff that turns Instagram followers into clients and clients into raving fans who just can't wait to give you the next referral. Now moving on to the last category, your brand visuals. This is probably what most of you thought of when we first started talking about branding on this episode. So your logo, your color palette, your imagery, all that kind of stuff is your brand visuals. So think of this as a visual representation of you and your brand. This is your unique image. The process of creating your brand visuals is both creative and strategic, but it should be a ton of fun. As hairstylists and creatives, the visual part comes most naturally. We love to create beautiful hair. We love to create art. Most of us get real satisfaction from creating something that is aesthetically pleasing. And generally, the part of this that's scary is just the technology and learning how to use it. It doesn't have to be hard, I promise. There are some really great tools that I am going to talk about, and we're also going to talk about the things you actually need to decide to create a cohesive visual brand on Instagram and in other parts of your social media and online marketing strategy. The first visual brand asset that I like to create is a brand kit. Now this is going to be your color palette, typography, and logo. I love to do this in a program called Canva. It is both a web program and an app, but in order to create your brand kit, you'll have to do it on a desktop. So you can either hire this out or you can do it yourself. After it's created, making consistent graphics for your business is going to be so, so easy. I created my logo right in Canva as well, um, and also my Instagram highlight covers, any quote graphics, and covers for Reels and IGTV. The great thing about creating a brand kit is that it allows you to access all of your information for your branding in one place. 
After you create your brand kit, you can use it for so many different things. You can apply the colors and fonts to your website. You can use it in MailChimp in order to make the emails that you're sending out to your mailing list look consistent and branded. And it's just a really great way to give everything that you do a really cohesive feel. And it also allows your clients to recognize when it's you and for your audience online to recognize when it's you. When you're looking for inspiration to create your brand visuals, it can come from anywhere. I use what is in my home and the colors that I just love, but I really enjoyed the pairing process. You can find pre-done palettes on Pinterest as well as font pairings. My only suggestion here would be to look for font pairings that are accessible both on Canva and your chosen website platform, just so you can create as much consistency as possible. Another great option when you're deciding on your color palette is to make a virtual mood board, or you can even take a screenshot of your actual Instagram feed and load it into a website called Adobe Color, which will give you a few options of different palettes that can be pulled from your photo that you upload. So there's deep options, muted options, pastels. So it does give you quite a few options if you're having a hard time pairing your colors together and creating a consistent palette. Just keep in mind, this does not have to be complicated. If you pick black, white, and one or two other colors, as long as you are consistent and your color palette represents you, you're going to start building that trust with your audience. Now, the next tool that I like to use for consistency in my feed is the Adobe Lightroom app. This is also a program that you can use on your desktop, but I find the app does absolutely everything I need it to and is super easy to use once you get started. So I have chosen two or three presets and I apply them to all of my lifestyle photos, product photos, and sometimes even stock images, just so it starts to look and feel like it belongs and I can recognize it as branded. Now here is the disclaimer. I have never and would never recommend using presets on hair photos. There are so many ways to edit that do not change the color of the hair and that is always my preference and should be yours as well. Misrepresenting your work is not only shady, it also gives clients unrealistic expectations and it makes the person whose photo you took wonder why their hair didn't look like that or why you felt the need to edit it so heavily. Not a good look. Keep in mind, we are just trying to make our photos look branded and cohesive. We're not trying to misrepresent or misguide anyone that might end up sitting in our chair. Okay, lecture's over, I promise. So yeah, Lightroom is a really great tool for creating just really consistent graphics. It also has some really amazing editing features when you are editing hair photos. Um, so that is a really great thing to learn how to use. And if you don't yet, follow me on Instagram because I do always post little tips and tricks on how you can use these apps and just make it easy on yourself.
The reason that I like to use presets is because I like to create a certain vibe or a certain mood. This is a really, really important thing because your photography is going to be part of your visual strategy and your visual branding. I also highly, highly recommend booking a brand shoot. It can be one of the best investments that you will make. There's so many benefits. One of them is establishing your style, what you like. And once you start to build a relationship with a photographer, they will start to understand you, what you're going for, and what you want to portray. The best branding photographers will also go over a consultation with you, so they're going to help you understand your visuals a little bit. Now, Lightroom is amazing because once you understand your visuals and your style when it comes to photography, then you don't have to constantly make sure that every photo you post is professional. You can just pick a couple presets that kind of sum up who you are and create the style of photography that you like and edit your photos from your phone in a couple minutes. Interestingly enough, I find that my professional photos are absolutely crucial for building my brand identity, for my website, and plus there's an amazing feeling knowing that you constantly have photos to post, but my photos that I've taken in quarantine on my cell phone have performed the best. And I do think, and I put a preset on every single one of them, I have one that I like and I just add it on pretty quickly and I never have to worry about what it's going to look like and if I'm going to like it in my feed. Now there has been some debate on whether or not creating a cohesive Instagram feed is still important and the thing I hear a lot is, oh, it's more important to be authentic. But you know what? I think you can be both. And I think it's important to be both. So that's like what I'm saying. I will post a photo of me in my pajamas with barely any makeup on, but I add a preset to it and I make sure that it still fits the vibe that I'm trying to go for so that I'm still staying consistent with my branding. Now, this is how I think of it. Having a cohesive Instagram page is like making sure your salon is tidy before your client shows up. It can be that first impression that makes them decide whether or not they want to read any of your captions, whether or not they want to visit your website. Because if your Instagram feed looks together and it looks nice and it's visually pleasing, you have a better chance of converting a visitor into someone who actually wants to consume your content. This is not going to apply to everyone and some people are going to prefer a less polished feed. If you have defined your ideal client and you have defined your values and you truly believe that your ideal client would be drawn to a less polished feed, then by all means, give it a shot and you have my blessing. 
At this point, I bet you're probably sick of taking notes, so we're going to end off here today. I really appreciate you sticking around and learning about branding with me today, and stay tuned to my Instagram feed because in the next week, I'm going to be uploading a tutorial on how you can save yourself a ton of time in Canva once you have created your brand kit. Thank you for joining me today, friend. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories and tag me and I will check out your page and give you a little feedback on where your personal brand is at right now. I had so much fun recording this episode. Don't forget to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 